This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. So before we get started with the details of the show, let's introduce who's going to be hosting it with me. So Gab, would you like to start? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp um, in the Laurentian Mountains with a linguistic uh, program. Great. And Ruby? And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. We are located in western North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains on 3,400 acres of private wildlife preserve. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker. I am currently a camping consultant, but for 15 years was a camp director and executive director in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And today our topic is staff manuals. So Ruby, why don't you tell us why we chose this topic? So this topic is, uh, I would argue, in some ways a controversial one um, because a lot of people have different thoughts on staff manuals as far as what they should look like, uh, information they should convey, some of that's required in your accreditation, some of it not. Um, How useful is it? How do you get the staff to use it? There's lots of issues that come around that staff manual um, for safety purposes, but also for um, resourcefulness and and just people using that resource. Uh, So we wanted to discuss today some um, best practices, some options to make it more readable or useful, um, and hopefully help everyone as they go forward into the summer. Excellent. So the place to start is, what are the elements of a good staff manual? So Gab, what does Waro have in their staff manual? Um, well, <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, basically, uh, like most camps, uh, you know, our mission, our goal, um, you know, the history of Waro, uh, tips and tricks, uh, camper behavior, uh, management, our procedures for different um, uh, situations, mm-hmm. um, and for the most part, the big, the big aspect of our staff manual is uh, the bullet points and pictures. So uh, we try to keep it consistent in every single page. Um, mm. and the look of it and, and we, at the beginning of every topic, we have a very brief point on what they'll learn by reading this and, you know, what's to follow. So, um, basically just sort of keeping the information consistent and as well as useful. Um, so yeah, great the general, great information of camp. <laughs> Thanks. Ruby, how about you? So what do you think goes into it? Oh, I have a theory, uh, that, Camps kind of go through a process, um, at least the organizations I've been involved with, where they start off with no staff manual, and then you generate a staff manual, and it has way too much information, um, and then you kind of find the happy medium after that. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. a three-step process. So the staff manual that I'm currently operating with is definitely step number two in that it uh, has way too much information, (laughs) and some things we are lacking that are great uh, are page numbers. 
as well as um, <laughs> uh, and um, being uh, concise. Uh, ours is just there's so much. It's a big document. It's intimidating when you look at it. So I think size is something to consider. Um, I think the smaller, the better, the more portable, the more likely it is that staff will carry it around. Um, And the thing that I really appreciated when I came to Green River as a seasonal staff member my first summer was within the first couple of pages of it, um, it just had... Uh, an explanation of tradition and cultures. And we have superheroes here. We have terminology that we use um, and rituals and having all of those things spelled out within the first couple pages, the pages that you might actually read uh, (laughs) was so helpful and really made me feel like, oh, this is awesome. This is a really useful tool. I definitely want to read more. Um, So I think having uh, at least some element of what traditions are, what culture are, some of the lingo that you use, having that very readily available makes that staff manual a lot more accessible. Great. I think a staff manual tells a lot about you. Uh, It informs your staff uh, what they need to know to be successful, at least a good one does, Um, but it also helps them feel empowered because there are things in there that they can learn and then they can go forward and use. And a really good staff manual also gives them ownership. So um, we too started with a lot of the traditions and cultural things. We had a a camp dictionary uh, at the beginning of our staff manual because as most camps do, certain words mean certain things only at your camp and nowhere else. Um, We also started uh, with a letter from the directors. So it was an introduction. It was a dedication. um, It was a thank you to the people who helped us to put it together. And it right away told staff a lot about us and what was important to us. We also had a staff covenant uh, that was in there um, and our mission statement written by the staff. So that was something that was updated on a regular basis so that the staff that was reading it would have ownership over that particular manual. Um, Some of the other fun things that we had in there, in addition to stuff that you've already heard, um, were just things that, again, that staff wrote. And we we took a a page from Michael Brandwine's book uh, called Being the Best, and we changed it and rewrote it to fit our camp. Um, So things like... At our camp, we carry first aid kits and whistles whenever we are supervising children. We know every child's name in our cabin before they arrive. We introduce ourselves and shake hands with everyone we meet. We had a list that we'd made together, um, and that was really um, kind of helpful. So all that stuff was at the beginning. So before they got into all the nitty-gritty, they at least felt that they had some ownership over the information that was going to be in there. But like Gab and Ruby, there were all kinds of things from policies, um, sexual harassment policy, child abuse policy, environmental concerns, you know, what to wear, when, and what activities, all your administrative stuff, your reference checks, health forms, uh, payment, travel, gratuities, do you accept them, do you not, mm-hmm. um, restrictions, you know, your schedules, um, your dining hall procedures, all those kinds of things would be in a, in a really great staff manual. I think all your information kind of has to be in there, your external organizations that you deal with, those sorts of things. Can but, I ask you guys this question real quick? Yes, of um, course. Do you- do you guys at your camp, do the staff own it? Like, is this your staff manual or do they have to return it at the end of the season? It's their staff manual. Um, we used to, we used to have them return it. And, um, now we ask them to take notes in the actual manual. There's little spots to, for them to put, we just want them to use it basically. And yeah, so we used to have them return it, but now they, they keep it. 
And we had them, it was their staff manual. So what we had to be responsible for every year was any new pages that went in, we had to uh, have the returning staff take out the old pages and put in the new pages, but they belong to them. So with all of that being said, all of those things we just talked about, there are lots of dangers to avoid in a staff manual. And we'd like to kind of get to that now. So Gab, what are things that people need to avoid when they're putting together a good staff manual? Um, I, I, what they need to avoid is um, when you have a lot of times staff manuals are written by different people uh, mm. because they have different uh, experiences and expertise and also just time-wise. So um, a lot of older staff manuals are written by a lot of different people and you want to make sure that there's a consistent tone from page to page and a consistent setup. Mm-hmm. Um, so the language that's being used and how it, the information is being uh, presented, presented needs to be consistent. Um, so a pitfall would be definitely uh, inconsistency, not only in the language, but also in the look of your uh, staff manual. You want to use the same fonts for headers. You want to use the same fonts for your, your um, you use too much color sporadically throughout your, your <laughs> staff manual if you're printing in color. Um, and you want to make sure that it's not too heavy texted, that, that there is text if it's great text, but that there's also um, bullet point forms so that people that are browsers are able to absorb the information as well. Great. Great. Ruby? Yeah, all the same stuff. You know, be careful of it being too long, too wordy. I think being too cerebral, um, it, I think it's okay to include some thoughtful stuff in there, but a lot of times... I think you view that staff manual as a reference. If it's something people mm-hmm. are really going to use, it needs to be something they can look back into, and they don't necessarily want to get into the great theory of camping and why we're here <laughs> and all these, you know, those kind of bigger things and theory of children's psychology and all that stuff. It can be useful, mm-hmm. but I don't know the staff manual is really the place for that. Um, so making sure that it's practical information. And again, I think size can be a real turnoff when you get that item and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is huge. I'm never going to get through all this. That immediate thought right there will set the tone for the use of that staff manual. So, um, the appearance has a lot to do with, uh, the utilitarianism of it. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, these things have to be available to staff and they have to be written down. Um, and for us, staff needed to sign off that they had read the sections that they mm-hmm. needed to have read and that they needed to understand that they were responsible for the information that was in there. But things to avoid would be not updating it every single year. Um, a staff manual is a living, breathing document. So as camp policies change and things happen, um, you need to be able to update. Now, I'm not talking rewriting the whole thing from scratch every year. Good Lord, no. Um, <laughs> but um, just, you know... Qu- quick little changes to make sure that it is keeping up with um, what you've done with your camp. Because if you are a living, growing camp, you are changing every year. Mm-hmm. Certain things are, are becoming better and you're tweaking or you're trying out different things. I think another thing to av- avoid is to avoid avoiding it um, altogether because you're worried that your staff just won't read it. Um, and that um, you want to um avoid staff not taking care of the manual. So you don't want to have to reprint it for returning staff every year. They need to understand that this is theirs, the only one they're going to get, um, and give it a special binder or, um, you know, a a nice book to put it in, wherever it is, and a place for them to keep those staff manuals. We always had particular cubbies in our staff lounge where their staff manual could go. Um, And I think another thing... Ruby was talking about it making not making it too long or bulky. If you can have appendices um, for specific areas, so 
there are things that not everyone has to know. So if you are not on the adventure team, you don't necessarily need to know all of the stuff um, that goes with the climbing wall. So putting that in an appendices so the right people won't be able to, to know that. So um, those would be kind of things that I would avoid for me. Um, the bulk of our show today, we really want to talk about how to get your staff to read or use the staff manual. Um, we really want to make it accessible. As we said, it's an important piece, um, but too often it becomes very less important because um, staff just can't access it, can't read it, can't understand it. It's just not speaking to them in any way. So we want to really focus on that for the brunt of our show. So Gab, why don't we start with you? How do you get your staff to read your staff manual or what other things would you incorporate? I think that the, for me, the staff manual um, can't be the only information resource for, for our staff. And by not making it the sole information uh, resource and using it as a tool, I think it becomes a little bit more approachable. So if you're expecting them to just absorb and understand everything out of your staff manual, um, it, there's, there's something about that that's just a little bit overwhelming. But if it's something that they can take, throw away uh, metaphorically, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, take back, but it has to be represented uh, in other places uh, outside of the book. So it needs to be um, shared in other areas of your camp. So if you think about... Um, if you think about a campaign where you get an e-newsletter to buy, you know, a new camera gear or whatever you're into, you know, shoes or whatever, 20% off. You get it on on your in your mailbox. Uh, when you go onto Facebook, you have sort of probably an ad that says, "Don't forget to buy your 20% off of your bag." These reminders are very, very important. And when you have a book and you keep all the information closed in between your the the covers. That's what it is. It's closed information. So what I like to do is post the information around camp using the similar images that are in the book, mm-hmm. using the same color patterns that are in the book, um, so that it rep- the information is represented. And, and, and I put them up and take them down. So when, it's, when we're using that information that day, they can see it in their book, but they, they'll also see represent, representation of it around camp, as well as in the vocabulary that we're using um, during our sessions, and we constantly refer to our manual um, uh, during session time. That's uh, people's biggest mistakes: is that they ask they ask staff members to read it, and then sometimes the information that they're saying is not consistent. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're you're referring. So, um, but basically, making sure that what's in the book is is used outside uh, and not just um, in a reading in a reading format. Great, thanks, Ruby. So I am a big believer. We've talked a lot about expectations on this podcast. (laughs) I assign reading. That's one of my first steps. I expect you to read this chapter this evening. Um, And like you said, Beth, we have a document that they sign at the end of staff training that says I've read the staff manual. Um, And it's up to them whether they choose to be honest about that or not, but it's a piece of paper that's required and that helps protect us as an organization as well. Um, but I think assigning that reading and then having opportunities to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's, you know, we talked about in policies and procedures podcast or, our, you know, training on boring topics podcast. Um, we talked about doing a jeopardy game, uh, and that's how you might go over your policies and procedures. So having read the manual, you're going to have an advantage in this game. Um, so it'd be something that is beneficial to them later on in training. 
uh, at my outdoor ed center, we had a much smaller staff, but you could still do this on a staff of, um, of a much larger staff by dividing people up into smaller groups. We used to have to turn in cards that had questions about the reading. Um, so a point of clarification, um, if we were return staff, we were allowed to write, you know, maybe just a point that we felt was really important to highlight. And then every day after lunch, we sat together as a staff and went through those cards and discussed it all together. Um, so we might, you know, hear a couple, oh, yeah, don't forget, if there's an emergency, you call for a direct line. Oh, yeah, there's this. Well, how does a direct line work, you know? And it, it really enabled the new staff to ask some questions um, while also giving return staff an opportunity to share. Uh, if the director, you know, he would say, okay, this is kind of how this works. And then the return staff be able to say, yeah, and, and this is we do it this way, or this is this policy and procedure, or we, you know, typically this is how it plays out. Um, but that was a great way to make sure that we were engaging with the material. Um, so it was assigned, but then we were also required to pull out some piece, some element of it for a discussion point. And that would take 20 minutes maybe out of our day, um, but it was a great way to ensure that we were all reading. Excellent. Uh, one of the things we started to do near the end of my directing career was to assign modules to the staff that had to be done before they arrived at camp. So we would do 10 in 10 weeks, for example. They were not any longer than 30 minutes worth of work. Um, they were sort of asked and answered questions that they emailed into us or sent into us. They could do it with another staff member or other staff members if they happened to be close by. Um, but they were components that took out different pieces of the staff manual. And um, we had that available online with links to other external organizations, things they could look up articles on how to deal with campers missing home or bullying, all those kinds of things. Um, and it worked really well because it made the information in the staff manual more accessible. We had to be really careful to make sure those 10 weeks were over long before the exam period started for staff members so that they weren't, that wasn't adding to their stress and that the actual modules didn't take them more than 30 minutes. That was really key. Uh, and they all had to be done and into us by a particular date. Um, and I think it just helped. Um, we used technology there and just, uh, used it to our advantage and it, it really worked. And those who were interested in further reading, uh, of what we presented could do so, um, if that was something that they wanted to do and if that was a way that they learned. So that was really helpful. Um, we also would offer 15 minutes every morning. We called it reading rainbow. And, um, after breakfast, the staff would sit in a big circle in the dining hall and they would have 15 minutes to read a particular section that we had given them to read. Uh, and then we would ask questions um, and talk about it. So uh, much along the same lines as Ruby, but we just had our reading rainbow time every morning after breakfast. Gab, what else have you got? Um, so I love the reading rainbow thing. I was, I was going to add in that giving staff time to read together and reflect on what they've read is, is mm -hmm. really helpful and important. Um, I like, I, I'm not a big fan of quizzes or tests, but, um, I actually do those, um, mini quizzes and it's not in the sense of, of, you know, if a staff member does poorly, then they fail. Um, they don't, they're no longer a staff member. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's more on how, how much are they absorbing of the information and are we getting the information across to them? Um, and I tell them that this section of the manual is going to help you in, um, 
in our in our you know, the, the quiz that we're going to take this afternoon. So you know, read up on it a little bit, and of course the sessions are going to help too. And so that way uh, we can first we can tell if we're missing any if the information is getting across to the staff members and as well as if they're absorbing the information. Um, but giving them time to read uh, helps with that. And I find that they, when they know that they're going to have a quiz later on uh, and, and they have those group discussions, they're, really, they're able to really um, uh, answer already, already some of those questions. And then we go over the quiz afterwards together and uh, those type of things. But um, I like to do a little quiz um, and tell them what section of the manual it's going to refer to. Nice. Thank you, Ruby. We provide. Oh, we sorry, provide snacks during the, No, I was just oh. saying, snacks during the quiz, so it's like a, something. That they look to. <laughs> something fun. And we're back to yeah. camp staff and food. Exactly. Always key always components that go together. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what crazy little snack can we give them during this time? And so they look forward to it. Nice, nice. Ruby, what else have you got? Uh, I'm going to roll right with the food theme, and um, I have a couple of friends at other camps in the area that put in secret codes in their staff manual, uh-huh. and it may seem sneaky, but it is so smart. Um, so one camp does somewhere in the staff manual, and it's spread out in a couple of different places, they'll have a sentence that says, Marisa's favorite ice cream flavor is chocolate and then somewhere else it might say you know cat's favorite ice cream flavor is strawberry and so if you as the staff member find all of the director's favorite ice cream flavors you can tell one of the directors hey i found these it's these and they'll give you a gift certificate to one of our famous local ice cream places in the t- in town and so i mean like everybody loves getting free ice cream from valleys uh <laughs> so that works pretty well and they actually tell their staff that it's, I think they tell their staff it's there in the welcome letter that they get with their staff manual. Um, so they should know to look for it. There's no reason you wouldn't go looking for it, right? Um, I have another friend who sends out his staff manual ahead of time, and I don't think tells them that there's a secret code. Um, this comes from Doug at Talisman Programs, but he, if you find the code in the staff manual, he'll give you an extra day off during the summer or night off during the summer. Wow. Um, and it has to be turned in before camp or before a certain date, so you can't get to camp and have everybody say, like, oh, did you find it? No, you have to do it ahead of time. So it ensures that they're getting that work done or at least rewarding the people that do. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's smart. Um, it's unfortunate that we have to be a little tricky sometimes. But again, if it gets people to at least open the staff manual and read through some stuff, um, then it is me- meeting that objective. Great. I have not had to be responsible for uh, creating a staff manual for five years. Um, so when we picked up this topic, I was thinking about how I might do it differently if I were to be directing this summer. And I've certainly come across a lot of staff members who just are not able to read and absorb information. Um, They're extremely intelligent people. It's just not the way that they learn. So I would really consider an audio version of your staff manual that's available online. So I would get somebody with a really great voice to read it, or even better yet, I would get different staff members for every chapter or those sorts of things. So the voice switches all the time and, and keeps them interested. And you want to have people who are um, entertaining to listen to. And I would make a, a, a totally audio, audio version of my staff manual. And again, that would take some time, um, but I think that it would be really key. 
The other thing that I would do, I think, is to get the staff uh, involved, perhaps in training or if you have them up at pre-camp, making YouTube videos about portions of your staff manual and post them online because they would be great for staff to be able to see ahead of time. But I think they would also be great for parents to see how seriously you take your job. Um, And these are, you know, just some of the things that our staff learn during training. If I had lots of time, and it may take me a couple of years to put it together, I would make my entire staff manual a movie. So I would have every section live from whatever part of camp we happened to be talking about while it's going on. And it sounds like it's really long and involved, but I think it would actually be shorter than a wordy, lengthy book. Uh, And I'm certainly not suggesting in any way that I wouldn't have written material because I think some people just learn better that way. And it's a great reference for them to go back to and be able to read. And for liability's sake, you have to have policies written down and available to everyone. Um, But I think that I would use this generation's love of technology and imagery and pictures and make it really accessible so that your staff manual comes alive. Um, So use all that social media stuff to your advantage. And I really just want to highlight something. Gab kind of glossed over it um, when she was talking about it in her manual, but I think what a great idea to have sections in your staff manual where your staff can write notes. So, you know, it's not this perfect looking little book where you're not supposed to write in it, but she's actually got sections where they're expected to put stuff in there. And I think that that would be really helpful because we all know if we write something down, it helps us to remember it even more. So um, I think those are some of the ways I do things a little bit differently if I had the opportunity now. Beth, yeah. can I hire you to, uh, to make our staff manual into a movie? Well, maybe ours? we can think about it. <laughs> I just think it would be really fun. Well, when I was going through our manual, I kept looking at, like, there's a whole section on the health center and what happens. And that wouldn't it be great, especially for new staff who've never been to your camp before, to be able to see all this stuff in action, um, to see how the dining hall works, to see, you know, put the duties on. These are what the duties are, and this is how you do them right. My husband was always very, very particular about how duties were done. Um, So if he could get some videos on there where people are um, using the push brooms in the proper way, he would be really happy. Um, so I think, Another I think a great feature brought to you by camp. Exactly. Um, he always got frustrated when people pulled the push brooms, but anyway, um, I, I think we would just make it fun for them. Um, they'd be keen on it. They probably want to be in some of these videos. Um, and maybe you could make that part of your training this year is to give them some time to prep something and to film it. Gab, have you got any other good tips before we wrap this up? Um, I'll, I'll just add one to one tip to them, um, would be ask your, uh, staff to, um, uh, your new staff after summer that they spent with you at camp to review your staff manual mm-hmm. and what are things that you wish you had in that staff manual and what are some things that, that they learned? I think we teach so much more than we're aware. I know that we, we teach a lot, but I think that there's so many little things that we do that we're unaware of. And uh, new staff members are great at sort of reflecting that back to us and saying, you know, I learned a lot about this and that's not even in in the staff manual and that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, having new staff members review your staff manual is a really is a great, um, a great thing to do if you're also, you know, thinking of redoing your staff manual or a section of it. Great. Thanks. Ruby, some last words? My last thing is, um, so I'm getting ready to do a big revision next year, and uh, a couple of the camps in the area, Gwen Valley and Camp Keystone, they both 
um, have small notebooks. So it's not even a full sheet of paper. It's a small notebook that can go in a backpack. It has nice tabs. It's a good durable cover. Um, and I, I really like that idea of it's not this big bulky thing. It really is something that, um, is easily fits into a pocket in your backpack and it is always there if you need it. Um, and, and so I think considering the size is, is really important on your staff manual, whether you're doing a notebook or it's a spiral bound object. Um, I think the other thing to think about too, is a, a great process that I learned, um, that Travis and Jack and Laura presented on at ACA national this year, um, about, you know, creating more efficiency and eliminating waste in your organization. I think a staff manual in a lot of camps is a big place of waste. Hmm. Um, we're an environmental summer camp and our, our staff manual is easily 150 pages. Like what kind of message is that sending? And so the process that they were talking about was, you know, taking the opportunity to say, why, why does our staff manual look the way it is? Why are the things that are in here in it? And if your answer is because it's always been that way, (laughs) well, you need to look and say why again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and keep asking why, And you may be able to pull things out or present it differently, um, whether it's in the manual, whether it's through videos um, or other training. And and I think that a staff manual is a really good place and a really good thing to have undergo that process of asking why is it here and asking why five different levels. You know, it's here because we have to convey the mission. Why? Because this is important for our staff to know. Um, And just keep asking that question because I think that'll help you with that revamp. Great. I think another thing, if you're going to uh, be redoing your staff manual, remember that this industry is amazing at sharing. And if you just ask uh, on Camp Pros on Facebook or other camps around you to see their staff manuals, I will bet you they would be happy to give you a copy. Um, And so you can look through a number of different ones and pull out the things that work for you, get some good ideas, because in this industry, we're always happy to share. Um, Gab, we're at that point in the show where we're going to ask you to do your amazing recap. So some of the elements that should be in your staff manual should be um, your camp dictionary, your mission, history of camp, um, a list of being the best, maybe a letter from your camp director, um, but make it personal to your camp. Things to avoid is inconsistencies, bulkiness, and irrelevant information. Um, some, some really cool ideas on how to make your camp manual, um, you know, relevant to camp would be, uh, um, and that your staff are going to use it is assigned readings. Um, expect your staff, get your staff to know that they have to read, uh, certain sections by a certain time, uh, make a game out of using the book, um, turn in card questions about certain sections, make posters around camp that reference the material in mm-hmm. the actual manual, uh, before they arrive, set up modules for them to read. Uh, create reading rainbows with your camp uh, staff members at camp, secret codes, quizzes, uh, a pro- perhaps an audio version or maybe even YouTube videos of the staff manual. Ask new staff to um, look over your manual, uh, create an easy format, ask why you're putting the information that you're putting in the staff manual, and ask other camps for suggestions. Awesome. And we'd love you to get involved in the Camp Code podcast too. So you can join us on uh, on Twitter at the hashtag Camp Code. We'd love to hear from you the topics you'd like us to discuss, what guests you would recommend we talk to, any great leadership training tips you have to share with us. We would love to hear from you because as we've said over and over, we're all about sharing in this industry. So this is how you can contact us. Gab, how can we get a hold of you? 
Well, you can check out where I work at waro.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail. Great. Thanks. Ruby. You can find me on Twitter at RubyLynn85. Uh, you can also find me via email, ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. Great. And you can find me, our website is camphacker.tv. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv or using hashtag camphacker. Ruby, can you tell us what our next topic will be? Absolutely. So our next podcast, we're going to be talking about intelligent leadership training design. It's a mouthful, but (laughs) the idea is how do you set up your schedule? Uh, What should you do during that lunchtime slump uh, or after lunch slump? What should you do um, at the beginning versus the end? And we're going to address a topic asked on uh, the uh, Summer Camp Pros page about should you start your day later because of the biology of our staff? Great. Well, that'll be a good one. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings. And again, we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. And this week, Ruby's going to share a best practice with us. So this week's best practice also relates to staff manuals. Um, And I've seen this done. I've seen it done not very well. I've seen it done very well. Uh, But the idea is to have the staff assemble and really take ownership of their own staff manual. At YMCA Camp Widgewagon in Nashville, Tennessee, we had what was called the Widgipedia. And Mm -hmm. our staff were handed a notebook that had the dividers in it. But then throughout staff training for every session, we would hand them handouts uh, that would be filled in in the right place. Um, the downfall of that is that not everybody assembles it. Uh, so you have to make sure there's a motivation for putting it together. Um, and we also, I highly recommend if you're going to do this, get pre hole punched paper. It really will make your life a lot easier. Um, but I would like to take that a little step further. Have you guys ever heard of the book, uh, wreck this journal? Um, it's a book by Carrie Smith. You can look it up on Amazon. And the idea is it's a book that it has instructions very specifically laid out on it for destroying it, essentially, um, for stapling pages together, ripping this page out, draw on this page while uh, you're sitting on a bus talking to somebody. Uh, but what's interesting is the first three rules or instructions that she gives are these. Carry this with you everywhere you go. Follow instructions on every page. And order is not important. And I think those could just as easily be put on the front page of a staff manual. And so how cool would it be to have a staff manual that the staff are encouraged to take to activities, to draw in, to rip pages out of, um, to truly make their own. And I think that that's going to be the direction I go when I make my next staff manual. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that, Ruby. And thanks to all of you for listening. And we hope you join us again. Uh, We also will hope that you join us on the hashtag Camp Code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.